The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. the show is the rail of sports on the voice of america network i'm in phoenix living like it matters and what matters to me really come on <laughs> do i really have to answer that question i want to give a strong shout out to mr adam silver my man main man i know him well after seeing him today i know that man watching him on the press conference I know that man. I certainly feel like I know that man. And all I did was I heard his words. And he was very forceful, very strong, very firm with what he had to say. Very similar to someone else. And that someone else would be Donald Sterling. And, and he also was very firm, very forceful, and very passionate about the words that he spoke. Except those are words that were filled with venom and hate and cannot be tolerated. I am so happy to be a, a former athlete, if you will, at this point in, in time in my life. Because I, I, as a matter of fact, to pay tribute to those former athletes that made it possible for me to ever be an athlete in the United States of America that stood up for my opportunity. I changed my Facebook picture, and, and I put what's been, you know, my hero for as long as I can remember, and that is Muhammad Ali. That, that picture that you see on my Facebook page, if you take a look at it, that is Muhammad Ali. There is so much. Now, it, there's somebody who took the opinion that this stance and this issue today was not the same type of issues of which Muhammad Ali was faced with during his time. It was not the same type of issue that Jackie Robinson dealt with in his time. It was not the same kind of issue that Cookie Gilchrist dealt with in his time. I disagree. I think what we were dealing with today or the past three days from Donald Sterling was some residual of that leftover of that venom and that hate that existed. And I truly believe that those men that stood up in the 60s and in the 50s, shout out to Jackie Robinson in heaven, those people that stood up and sacrificed their careers, sacrificed their lives, they were, they were hanging black men back then. They, 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 you know, they, they were, you were losing your career. How dare you think you can even play baseball with, with, with white men? 
This is the residual effect of some of those people that still believe that. And, and to know that we had young men that were willing to stand up today and say, you know what? What is it? You're talking about a paycheck? Really? It's worth more than a paycheck. And this was a fight not just for, 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 for black men. This was, a, this was a, a stand up and a fight and a stance for people. And I don't care if you white, green, blue, purple. There is no room for that, period. And so the athletes of today, current and former, have an obligation to stand up to make things better for the athletes in the future and for people in the future. This is big. This is much, much, much bigger than sports. 888-346-9144. Anybody, everybody, call, say something to me. I have a lot to say. So if nobody calls... If you didn't see the press conference, I'll, I'll share with you my perspective of the of the press conference. And I, and I certainly I'm so happy to see men stand up. Remember, now we're talking about athletes. These are what we call dumb jocks. You, 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 you've heard that before, right? It's not just me. Somebody else has heard that. But these are men that have taken the platform of athletics and have changed the world. If you want to accept it or not, sports has moved the needle more times than anything else. Any, it's, a, it's actually a business, and we know that. Nowhere else. Now, if, if you recall during the Civil Rights Movement, you know, when Dr. King, uh, I believe it was Montgomery, uh, I think those were the sanitation workers that he was going down there to support. That, that's an industry, if you will. Okay, this is, this is sports. This is an industry, if you will. The, these are supposedly the dumb jocks, if you will. Look at what they've done for society. That's not just for the sport. It's for society. This wasn't just for sports. This stance, as a matter of fact, this stance probably is going to help Remove this slumlord. We've are, we're already removing him from basketball. <laughs> we may remove him from, you know, being a realtor once people find out. See, that, that's what happens. <laughs> when people can hide behind, you know, digital whatever, platforms, digital, you know, cardboard boxes, whatever it is, anything they can hide behind that will not reveal who they really are, then the truth really comes out. But once it's revealed, you know, the media could be a blessing and it could be a curse. And it just so happens if you think about back to the 60s and you look back and, and you see some of that historical information, you know what really moved the needle, if you will, in the civil rights movement was the media. You heard about the way people were being mistreated. You read about the way people were being mistreated. But when the cameras came out and you actually saw there were people that were actually sicking dogs on human beings. For what? Because of the color of their skin? There were people who were actually being sprayed with hoses. For what? Because of the color of their skin? There were people who were actually being killed. And once, once this was being seen by people all over the world, and you, there was an illustration, this wasn't, you know, it took away 
the guessing of what, hmm, I wonder what that might look like. I wonder what that probably feels like to those people who are going through that. You no longer had to guess. And the same thing happened. Somebody said, well, he may have said that. He may have said this. He may have said that. But there was actually audible that was caught and shared. And we heard those nasty words of Donald Sterling. What, what was so nasty about it? It's because, okay, all of a sudden, it's okay if they, can, if they play for me. It's okay. They can play for me. Black athletes can play for him. Black athletes can make money for him. But he doesn't want black people at his game. He doesn't want his, this is another part that certainly is kind of puzzling to me. He, is, he doesn't want his mistress because he is married. He may, maybe he's separated. I don't know. That part I don't know. That's I, just an assumption that I'm making. But his, you know, his friend, he doesn't want his friend seen in public with black people. That's, to me, that's just mind boggling. It's okay Black people can make millions of dollars for you. Perhaps maybe the book, $40 Million Slave, maybe I need to go read that book. Maybe I need to understand more about the perception of the person who wrote the book, what their perception was of, of athletes today. Because certainly to me, those men that stood up today, it was good for me to see Kareem Abdul-Jabbar still there, Norm Nixon still there, Kevin Johnson still there to be there supporting young athletes today. You know, I, I, of course, you know, Chris Paul, the Clippers, I will say this. Chris Paul's head was not in the game the other day. We saw it. There's no way in the world you could believe that Chris Paul's head was really in the game the way he played. But I am, I am I'm, I'm just happy. I can't think of any other words to use than to say that I am happy. I believe the song <laughs> not, it's not like Pharrell's song isn't played 24-7, 365 days already. But that is, that, that's probably the feeling in L.A. In L.A., by the way, I happened to be there. You know, I was celebrating that double nickel, picking my daughter up from the boo, Pepperdine University there. Shout out to them, too. I looked like they uh, had a presence there in terms of covering Certainly saw them in the background, but I, I was just, I was appalled when I was in L.A. and I heard that. And, and one thing about it, L.A., L.A. is a place of which sometimes they take the time to get all the information and they react. I thank goodness they took a little bit of time this time because, you know, L.A. is not the place where you want to be and ruffle some feathers and think that it's just going to. They're just going to take it laying down. California has been a place where people have stood up for what they believe in for years. Way back in, I remembered certainly in the 60s, you know, I, I just, I remember as a kid that it's, it's a place where uh, certainly those universities, those students always stood up for what they believed in. They felt that they had the right to, to, to be vocal and to demonstrate about what they feel was unjust and unfair uh, most of the time to, to human beings. And uh, shout out, this takes me back to even to more recently, the Rodney King thing. You know, how could you feel as if that was okay for those police officers to do that to a human being? 
So we just, society has decided now, this generation has decided now that we're not going to live the way our great-great-grandparents or our grandparents lived. No, they're not, they're not going to go for that. And there's many of my generation who support that. That's why I'm so happy. Muhammad Ali started it out. A generation, a couple of generations after him, we tried to, you know, pick it up and, you know, take things to the next level and use our platform of athletics to do that. Dumb jocks, really? I mean, just more recently. Again, go back to California. Ball player from the area there, you know, um, wanted to let people know that uh, he decided that, uh, you know, how he wanted to live his life and who he wanted to be. Uh, his significant other happened to be of the same sex. That's okay. Football player. We got a football player going into the National Football League. Hey, that's his choice. He has that right. What platform did they use to express that right? Sports. So now all of a sudden this man really, did he, hey, I don't think, I really don't think that Donald Sterling was, I don't care if he understood what could have happened to him because with his comments, he was so reckless that he felt that money could buy him whatever. I, I believe money may have helped him in the past on some decisions that were made um, that were not you know, favorable to those people who were victimized by him. You know, His money got him off. But, but certainly those were some people, <laughs> wow, those were some people who didn't have a platform. Those were some people that perhaps maybe uh, people felt as if they weren't worthy of the press, if you will. But all of a sudden, a man like Magic Johnson, who, shout out to Magic, he and his wife. A man like Magic Johnson, who, was, who is worthy. You know, that this man felt as if, you know, one of the greatest players to ever to contribute, one of the men who made you a billionaire. Because all your assets combined make you that billionaire. A man who saved the National Basketball Association and you don't want your girlfriend to be seen with him? Shout out to Larry Bird, too. I, I, I haven't heard Larry say anything. But the, the, the young lady did say, well, suppose it was Larry Bird. Would that be okay? And I know Magic and Bird, you know, they're they, they good boys. And I know that hurt. Magic that Larry had to be the example, but at the same time, it was going to be example. Use Larry as that example because I know Larry is there supporting Magic. Was supporting him when he came out and talked about the fact that he had contacted uh, HIV. Uh, Larry was there to support him. When he retired, Larry, was, you know, they they good friends. So <laughs> I don't know if she knew, perhaps maybe she did, but invoking Larry's bird's name into that conversation was a good thing. It wasn't a bad thing. Because I, I know Larry would have felt, hell, if I can come to a game, it wouldn't have been a game if Magic and I didn't save the NBA. So I want to shout out to Larry Bird. and Man, I'm, I'm going to keep going with this thing. I, I'm not going to stop. I may do this thing all day long. So if you get a chance, give me a call, 888-346-9144. I want to know what you feel about that historical moment that happened again. In L.A. today, they continue to make history. L.A. is the place. You listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm going to take a break, and we'll be right back.
beauty. It's a fly ball deep right field. That goes O'Neal. He's at the shot. Got it. With 2.8 seconds left to left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here. From high school to the pros, we we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the three is very much the one to be. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. All right, you hear the music, you know the show. You're listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. And what matters to me, Adam Silver, he the man. He is the man. Adam stood up uh, to Donald Sterling, who is obviously uh, the former, or still is the current owner of of the Clippers. Uh, If you've been any place in the United States or probably in the world, uh, unless you've been on the moon someplace, you know that, of course, uh, Adam uh, has been supportive of the team. Uh, teams of the uh, NBA. He he is he of course is the um, the commissioner of the NBA Basketball Association. He's been um, he's been the voice for them the past few days, uh, and he has uh, uh, swiftly moved to remove uh, one of those owners, and that is Donald Sterling. Uh, to ban him for life is what uh, went down today. I think the maximum fine was two point five million dollars. Uh, he is uh, not allowed on the premises of any NBA team, certainly not any of the facilities um, or the arena uh, where the Clippers uh, play. And there is going to be a swift move to uh, have this team uh, on the market and sold to somebody else. Now, you know, there's some people out there feel this may be hard. Well, certainly it may be a little bit different than what we may be accustomed to. And if I'm not mistaken, I think Donald Sterling himself is an attorney. So, of course, he he may want to try to uh, litigate this thing and, and try to stop it. But the fact of the matter is the players are are in a position whereas, again, this, this man doesn't realize it's, it's him against 29 other owners. And then it's him against about 450 guys. So when you take all that power that those people have, he has $1 billion, maybe $2 billion. <laughs> They've got like 30 plus the players. Come on, they got like $50 billion. 
And, and then not only that is that they have attorneys on retainers. And, and this is a court, this is a fight that he cannot win. This is bigger than sports. This is not just about sports. It, because sports is about life. And it certainly is about business. And it's about not a single person's business. But do you understand the rippling effect that this could have on the economy? You know, when basketball and, and, and football and baseball, when, they, when there's a work stoppage, it goes beyond just those that, that we see visibly that are involved. There are so many people behind the scenes. There are so many other corporate connections. There are so many other vertical businesses that are affected by the National Football League, the National Basketball League, the Major League Baseball League, hockey. You know, that effect, that, again, the, just look at the annual revenues. That's the annual revenue. When you think about the annual revenues that sports generates, I, I really don't have the correct figure. I just know that the players' compensation in the National Football League is somewhere between, hmm, I'm going to say five and, and, and six or seven billion, between five to seven billion dollars annually. That is the amount of money that NFL players are paid. That's, that's just what they're paid annually, between five and seven billion dollars. The National Football League is, is looking at, in, 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 very, in the very near future, they will be generating somewhere in the neighborhood of, you know, 15 to 20 billion dollars in the next five to 10 years annually. That's just the money that they get in their pockets. That has nothing to do with the effect that they have on corporate America and how corporate America is able to get exposure of their products from the games that are played on television. And as a result, there's a call to action and people actually go out and spend money. Now, if this is the height of the NBA, I mean, it's, uh, fo football, obviously ours is the Super Bowl. It's just one game. Now, if you think that they are going to have this man disrupt the economic engine, it's not going to happen. He's going to be forced to sell this team. But this is bigger than society than, than sports. This is this is this is society of which has been affected, and we can just no longer continue to have people who want to have a negative impact on society and continue to divide instead of unite. After all, we are the United States of America. And speaking of that, I have a good friend who we united uh, with one another again. We reunited with one another years ago after being away for so long. He is now at Howard University. He and I attended the Ohio State University where he played baseball. And uh, we lived in the same dormitory and uh, just a good friend doing an excellent job at, at uh, Howard University. And I want to say that. Uh, and I also... Uh, just want to thank him for calling in. I believe Kurt is on the line. Kirk, Kirk Dixon is with us. Am I right? Hey, Ray. How you doing? Oh, Kirk, I'm a little excited, but I'm, I'm happy. As I said, Pharrell has a song, and, and I'm happy. And, and, I, and I'm happy because athletes, black athletes, white athletes, Latino athletes, uh, 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 European athletes that have, that have come over to the United States of America uh, have stood up for what has you know, just giving the NBA a black eye, uh, a quick jab, 
but they've reacted. Uh, they were stunned, but they didn't get knocked out. And mm. uh, just wanted to uh, hear what you had to say about it. I know you've been watching it closely and listening uh, the past few days, Kirk. Uh, what's, uh, give us uh, a couple of, of, of your thoughts about what's been going on here lately and how this situation has played out. Well, uh, I was obviously uh, surprised, uh, you know, disappointed any time this happens because, you know, I kind of operate from that philosophy of wake up and smell the decade, you know, just when we think we're getting better as a people. Um, uh, You know, I I, uh, often hear, uh, you know, the the word, you know, it's a race issue, it's the race card, it's, you know, thrown around, but... You know, I tend to fall back to a position of, you know, we're all part of the human race. <laughs> and uh, as a human being, uh, we need to be, uh, uh, you know, injustice, uh, uh, comments that uh, are limiting others of any kind, uh, they compromise all of us, not just the folks that they're poked at. So uh, I think that, you know, when we really get grounded that, you know, as a, as a human being, regardless of what color, ethnicity, where we came from, what continent, that we're sharing uh, this planet. And, uh, you know, the, the, the vision and the dream for America, different from other countries, was to escape the tyranny of a few. It was that the many uh, could succeed if it was set up the right way. And if folks were committed to a certain set of higher ideals and principles. And I love it when folks say, you know, we want to stay true to the, you know, the dream that America was, et cetera, and hold ourselves to a higher standard. Um, but, you know, I, I think that there's a certain lens that some interpret that as to giving them, you know, certain freedoms to say what they want to say or continue to think a certain way about folks and, and, uh, and those that are different from them, which may, in fact, be outdated. And um, so, I, you know, so that's one thing. I was just shocked, you know, in some ways not shocked, um, but, 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 but certainly disappointed when it came out. And I, I just recently heard that of the sanction that he was uh, from the NBA that he was banned for life, and I think that's great. It needed, it needed to be tough. It needed to be harsh because we've really, it's the only way we're going to put this behind us um, and get better. And I agree with you. I agree with you, Kirk. It, it certainly is historical in terms of, I don't think, in the history of, of, of an NBA team uh, has this type of penalty come down. I know uh, Marv Schaub, I believe is her name, or I may be pronouncing it wrong, who once owned the Cincinnati Reds had some issues. But but of all things, Kirk, you know, I, I believe that this is, I, I, I've said a little earlier, it's a little residue that's left over from a generations, generations of go, uh, this mindset. But, but it just so happens that sports has been the one thing that has been able to unite people, particularly in this country, not only this country, but the world. Mm. E- even when you think back to uh, to the Olympics, of course, during Jesse Owens, you and I can celebrate Jesse's being a, a Buckeye, uh, yeah. in the 68 Olympics, you know, the, the sports events for the Olympics has been something where even when there's war, there's, we'll take time out to be peaceful with one another, mm. to compete. And here it is in, in 2014, here's somebody that the only thing that can make us forget about any differences that we have, he wants to use that to divide us. And, and I was just 
I, I was I was appalled by the two <laughs> names that came up in that conversation. Yeah. Ma- Magic Johnson and Larry Bird. They saved the National Basketball Association. Right. And and here are their names being used as uh as as an example of okay, would it be okay if it was Larry Bird, you know? Uh, you know, because right. I know Magic's black, but it would have been okay if I was with Larry Bird. And for two great names to be thrown into a conversation of division instead of uniting, and they saved the league. That I found that ironic. Right. Well, and I and I think that you know you hit on a point earlier. Um, there, you know, there's an economics to this conversation. I mean, the the words, uh, you know, the the words are hurtful, but it's the thinking behind the words, right? Um, yeah, I think that most folks have have an issue with, and um, you know, um, I know I know that uh, one of the things that you know we we all need to aspire for to for ourselves and for our kids is no matter how old we get is to be committed to learning. Adult learners, you know, adult learners don't reach a certain place and say I know it all. You know, that in fact the the most wise of us um, are humble. You know, it's like a Tai Chi master. They know, they, you know, they, they bow, they'll wash your feet. They're as soft-spoken as they come, but they know they can kill you in a minute. <laughs> you know, it's like when you reach a certain level of excellence, there's a, you know, with that, it doesn't come increased toughness or, um, uh, you know, that bully mentality that because I'm so big and I'm so rich and so smart, I can push everybody around. No, when it's, when it's coupled, when excellence is coupled with wisdom, uh, it's a, it has the opposite effect. You're actually so powerful. You listen mm. more than you talk. You know, some of the smartest people in the room talk the least. They're constantly listening and looking to others for what little nugget or what what they might learn that they haven't yet. And when I, you know, so um, uh, you know, I think that as a culture and as a people, I think that you know we get locked into certain ways of thinking based on the way we were raised, based on a certain generation, and this and that. Um, but I think one of the, one of the common mistakes there is is that we forget that you know each day that we get up we have an opportunity to grow to change our thinking you know and and sometimes it's uncomfortable to do that to confront maybe we don't know um, I, 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 you know one of my favorite quotes from um, Dr. King uh, which I know I've shared with you before uh, and this is from 1958 he said um, men often hate each other because they fear each other they fear each other because they don't know each other. They don't know each other because they cannot communicate. They cannot communicate because they are separated. And, uh, uh, you know, I think that that's one of the things that we need to do as parents of young children is to raise our kids to where we're less separated, you know, where we don't go home and we're still hanging, you know, with everybody who still thinks like us, looks like us, et cetera, that, you know, and just, and, and then the, the other point is is that, while sport does break down, you know, a lot of barriers, you know, folks thinking that they're fully integrated or fully get what another person's life like just because they shoot hoops at the YMCA on Saturdays. It's a start, but it's only a part of it. And if you ain't breaking bread with somebody, you know, if you ain't staying at their house or inviting them to stay at your house, if you aren't taking trips together with family, et cetera, you know, I'm not sure you fully can embrace that we really know that much about each other. And I think that's the real opportunity for us is, uh, you know, in the next phase of our development, if you will, as human beings. And, Kurt, that that's, to me, was probably the most surprising factor 
when I thought about the amount of time that this man has been a part of the National Basketball Association, uh, I, th I think he's without a doubt he's a senior member. I think he's been in it since 1981, so 30-some-odd years. Right. You would think that over that period of time, you're right, if, you know, if there's a division and, and we're not spending time, Mm. with one another, then perhaps maybe we don't know one another. Mm. But, but I would like to think that within that period of time, there was a chance for him to have acquired some wisdom, wisdom based upon his experience of working with people that, were, that looked different than, than he did. You, you, would, you, would, you would think, but you know, the, um, you know, there's, there's, when this story broke, there was a lot of other information that came out in terms of you know, he not only was an owner of a sports team, but he's also a real estate mogul. But he had some pretty, he had some character flaws that came out relative to who, 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 who he was running to and how he was treating those tenants, et cetera. And and what it and 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 some of that did come out, and it wasn't dealt with then. And I think that that's probably what played a little bit into uh, the NBA's uh, sanctions being so tough with this was that somebody should did did something earlier, or confronted it earlier. And let's face it, as human beings. You know, many times once we get pretty much locked in by age 25 into our values and our thinking, et cetera, you know, psychologists say that uh, it takes a major life event to radically change our paradigm or our view of the world. It either has to be a divorce, a death, a birth of a child, loss of a parent, a near-death experience, some, uh, you know, a, 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 a bout with a, a cancer or a disease, but something that rattles our cage emotionally so much that it forces us to confront uh, maybe, you know, my view of the world uh, is, you know, limited, you know, currently. Maybe it needs to open up. It's a difference between uh, assimilation and accommodation, you know, of, of, of new information. Yes. And um, so, you know, he people don't change unless they have to. He, he didn't have the sanctions then. You know, it was probably a slap on the hand. He didn't, you know, change. He wasn't forced to change. I think that, you know, this 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 sanction is has such a bite to it in teeth that it it it, it will force the man, you know, to go back and and uh, either you know uh, uh, get sour grapes and say everybody's against me and you know this and that, or it, it it may be an opportunity for him to really look in the mirror and and rethink and reshape. You know his view of the world. Maybe, maybe I am limited in my thinking. Maybe I do have some issues. Yeah, <laughs> and, and it's 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 really. I think, Kirk. You know, as I said, I, I think it's an historical moment. Uh, but I, but I'm I'm really not sure that you know forcing him to sell his team. Mm. I'm not sure that's really going to change him, the person. I, and I and I think mm. you know throughout this entire process, mm. uh, you know, I, the NBA has been doing a great job. I, I just think that again, it was an opportunity. Uh, you know, like you said, it things are okay. Mm. They could always be better. Yeah, I think this is a chance for the NBA to get to get better in terms of we want to do everything we can. Mm. You know, if there's, you know, the old cliche of one bad apple, if there's one bad apple in the bunch, it, of mm. course, could spoil them all. And this is an opportunity to get that one bad apple uh, out of the bunch. But how do you see going forward? What, what, is there a lesson to be learned for the NBA? Because with players, mm. when you think about players, there is so much background information that's done before a player is accepted into the National Basketball Association. Same thing in the National Football League. They do these background checks on players. They go all the way back to your junior high school teachers and, and, and things of that nature. 
does this mean that it's time for the NASA Basketball Association and the NFL and these other, um, if, if you will, these, these uh, some of them a monopoly when it comes to their industries, should they be forced to do even greater background checks into their own? Yeah, who are, who are controlling these situations. Real, I think it's a great point, and I think it's a real opportunity, absolutely. Uh, I, again, I think that, you know, um, I kind of got off track there, but the money the money conversation, those with wealth and power, you know, pretty much still call the shots, you know, and get away with a lot, you know, until they're forced. You know, either there's public shame or a public outcry like there was here that forces the decision makers to change. Um and uh, you know, for his his uh, transgressions with the real estate issues he had, I think they hit him with a one or two million dollar sanction. That bury most folks, but it didn't. That was barely a, a barely a bump in his road, you know, based on his net worth and and assets. Um, folks will change when they have to change, whether they like it or not. Now, from, from, from but but that doesn't necessarily mean to your point it's going to change them internally in their mindset and their framework et cetera. But at least they're they're put on the sidelines relative to making major decisions as part of a major organization. Um, you know, um, uh, you know. Similarly, uh, you being from Ohio, I don't know if you mentioned earlier in the show Marge Shot. You know, yes. the Reds, but yes. you know had similar issues, right? Yes. And it. And uh, because she was the owner, because she was, you know, uh, uh, running in the right circles, uh, you know, in, in, in the community and a big donator and so many good things, you know, that she did. Uh, um, you know, hot dogs are still a dollar in Red's Park. She started that, you yes. know. But but the other things that came out relative to how she talked about people, which meant, you know, to me, what you say is a reflection of what you think. So, you know, so what she thought about people and then how that would come out, just totally inappropriate. Yes. And outdated. That's yes. why I say, wake up and smell the decade. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Kirk, here's what we're going to have to do. We're going to have to take a break. Uh, we're going to come back because I, I, I want to finish that because, again, both of these people were elderly people. Perhaps maybe they were just not connected to a generation uh, that is a generation of change. And, and we're going to talk about that because uh, it, it may be time for, uh, you know, a changing of the guard, uh, certainly at, at some of those levels, of those people who are making decisions, not just owning, but in positions of power to mm. change people's lives. You're listening to Real Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. We're going to take a break and we'll be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the 3 is very much the one to be. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. 
despise her, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine-horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to Win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. Hi, I'm Ed Krell, CEO of Destination Maternity. We proudly support the March of Dimes' work to reduce the rate of premature birth. The numbers have gone down in the past five years, but still, nearly half a million babies are born too soon in the United States each year. We're helping the March of Dimes fund cutting-edge research and community programs to help more moms have full-term pregnancies and healthy babies. Join us in working together for stronger, healthier babies. Visit MarchofDimes.com. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Okay, we're back. This is the Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix living like it matters, and what matters to me today is, of course, uh, Adam Silver stood up. Adam is the man. Uh, he was there uh, at a press conference with other men. Uh, really, really proud of the fact the way that, uh, of course, Kevin Johnson stood there as the representative of the National Basketball League Players Association as their representative. Um, historical figure was there, uh, and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Also, uh, so. so uh, I think I saw uh, Norm Nixon on stage as well there, uh, the mayor of L.A. They all stood there as uh, everybody came in to denounce this, this bigot, if you will. Uh, I can't think of a, uh, any other word to use other than that. Uh, this uh, gentleman, I guess I'm going to call him a gentleman, Donald Sterling, the, the owner currently still uh, of the Los Angeles Clippers. Uh, but his time will be uh, cut short here soon. Uh, that is what uh, has been decided by the... Uh, representative, uh, the commissioner of the league, the NBA, uh, and also um, the person who represents the players. Mm, they no longer will tolerate this. Uh, they are looking for swift action. If it doesn't happen, uh, there will be a boycott. I think I heard that loud and clear. Uh, there will be a boycott. And, and I, I'm just so excited about this because historically, when you look at athletes and their ability to, to help in a positive way, the way there's been change in society as a result of them stepping up and being men and taking on a responsibility and obligation that they have to a greater society and not just selfish, as some people think athletes. You hear these stories about broke and these type of things and athletes taking their money and making it rain or they're in court, you know, defending themselves because they've been accused of murdering somebody or, you know, domestic dispute. You know have you not have young men that are standing up and making decisions that are affecting society. And I think that when we don't support athletes who have such a great platform, we're losing some serious leaders. And I know, Kirk, you've been working for years uh, to help support athletes uh, in their quest to continue to bring uh, positive effect into society and transitioning from sports. And I'm sure to you today was a great moment to see these great examples as opposed to all the negative stuff that you 
hear and read and see in the media. Uh, absolutely, uh, and I think you're right. I mean, it shows a real it shows a real change, and um, you know, change can be uh, an individual. We were talking about that earlier. You know, what 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 makes one an individual change? Change can come within a family or a team. It can happen with you know state regionally nationally uh cultures change you know based on thinking and um and it 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 doesn't happen fast and uh the last time i checked most individuals who came up against a movement or making a statement for things needed to change from their perspective gandhi jesus martin luther king the kennedys they died. They were killed <laughs> you yes. know, for standing up, uh, ultimately for uh, a cause. And but eventually, things changed. Things, you know, thinking changed, behaviors changed, and um, you know, it's been slow. It's taken some time, but yeah, to see what uh, you know, folks, uh, uh, you know, standing up together, uh, intelligent men, not just athletic, but intelligent men. Uh, and responsible men, family men, the side that we don't always hear. You know, you're right. The media has, it continues to, uh, a focus on, uh, you know, the negative stories, you know, uh, pr- you know, babied, handheld, prima donna millionaires that are spoiled. Where's the drugs in the cr- trunk? Where's the unwed babies? Where's, uh, you know, that's, if it bleeds, it leads. And we know that. But even though we know that, we, as a people, somehow, if you're fed a particular point of view long enough, you can't help but absorb it unless your reality is something else. Um, but, you know, it, it, it's so powerful, you know, the power of the media and the information. Um, I, I think you're aware of the study that was done, guys, it's going back 10 years ago, but with the little African-American uh, daughters who were shown Barbies. Yes. And it was videotaped. What's and, pretty and, and what's And they not. were asked to comment on what they saw. And the little African American girls, when they saw white Barbies because of their socialization and media, et cetera, uh, said good. And when they were showed Barbies of color, they said bad, untrustworthy, the types of things that would alarm any parent, you know. Um, but it had to do as much with socialization. Uh, and and uh, if uh, if you happen to be part of the group that that's the negativity is pointed out, you know, you know that's not you. You know that's not your family. And you carry on, you keep on, you put your head down, and, and, uh, you, know, and, and you, you, you operate in a way that you're being the change that you wish to see in the world. Uh, but it doesn't mean that doesn't get you down and affect you, you know. And the group that isn't affected by those negative comments, you know, they just tend to think you know, their view of the world doesn't change. So um, the, 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 the unfortunate part of the media's focus on the bad boys in trouble and let's face it, there are a lot, you know, making bad decisions. But my argument there is not to justify it away, but just to say that when most of us were 15, 16, 17, 18 years old in our early 20s, um, we, we tested the limits of things. And we didn't have access to the deep pockets and the, and the economic resources that these guys had. And if we did, we'd have made a lot of the same mistakes. Oh, no I run into very few human beings or men. Most of the men who are judging what idiots or how stupid some of these athletes are are in their 50s, and they, don't, they forget that for 30 years they've already made all the mistakes you can make, and now they're at the height of their earning capacity, and they're pretty smart, and yeah, everybody else looks stupid, but they forget when they were making the mistakes, they were only earning less than 20 grand a year, and the mistakes didn't hurt so much. Yeah, and These athletes, it's flipped on its head. 
their highest earning years are when they're young, yes. and they don't have the emotional maturity to deal with it. Right. So unless they're surrounded by people, a, ne- a trusted network that is smart and is looking out for their overall benefit, they're on their own. And there's a lot. And when they make a mistake, it hurts. And guess what? The ones who live long enough, like Kareem, and then have a lifetime to look back, no one knows more about the mistakes they make than the athlete when they're looking back and reflecting on it. They don't need to be told that. But I'll tell you what, they ain't stupid. No, they're, they, are, they are not. And I, w- I was so, as a, as a former athlete myself, I, I was so proud uh, of the press conference when you stood there and uh, Kevin Johnson was, uh, each time he was identified, he was identified as mayor. Kevin Johnson is the, the mayor, of course, of, of Sacramento, California. And that was uh, a proud moment. I've, I've, you know, I've watched Kevin from a distance, been a fan even in, during my generation when I was playing pro ball myself, but still a fan of the game of basketball. In fact, I'm a frustrated basketball player. But I was just happy to see his uh, post-career success and for him to stand there to represent not only uh, NBA players, but to represent his city as a mayor. And so I was I was extremely excited about that. Uh, Kirk, let me ask you something going forward. uh, Do you think that perhaps maybe uh, there is anything uh, that the players themselves individually uh, might be, uh, you know, exposed to uh, any type of, uh, you know, negative retaliation in terms of the National Basketball Association? Do you see any of that thing happen? I know when we went on strike. Uh, two strikes. The last one that uh, that was a important one for us was the 1987 strike. There were a few guys that were leaders um, that were let go by teams. W- what do you see? How do you see this going forward? You see any retaliation to any players going uh, forward? You know, if there's if there's one thing that, that that I see as a constant today, it's change, and to some degree, nothing surprises me anymore. So, is it possible? Sure. I mean, I I. Um, um, but I, I uh, you know, I, I, I'm going to be interested in the, in the backlash, right? I, I mean, I, you know, I really, I haven't got that, got, got that far, but it's going to be interesting to watch and see, you know, what, what the talking heads and, and, um, you know, the news pundits have to say uh, about it. And I guess it, a lot will depend on whether you're watching Fox and conservative networks or whether you're watching, uh, you know, MSN and Rachel Maddow and some of the more, uh, uh a democratic and, and liberal, open-minded uh, networks. It, it, it's all going to go through that filter, right? Right, and I, and I would agree with you because certainly there's been some people out there who said that aren't you concerned about a slippery slope that this is setting precedence here, you know, uh, by you allowing t- uh, to uh, have a, a group of employees force an owner to, to sell a team. And, and really, it's not the players that are forcing the owner to sell the team. It's a decision that has been made by his colleagues of owners that are forcing him to sell the team, according well, sure. to their bylaws. And, and, and I would say that the sign of solidarity, if you will, or unification that we saw in the court and among so many extended from it, you know, this isn't something that just happened. I mean, I, I, you know, it wasn't like there was just this one thing that they were unhappy with, you know, and, and um, th- this, this is what I call death by a thousand paper cuts. You know, there was a lot of little things leading up to this, not just in the NBA, but sports in general. Yes. You know, uh, uh, how, how, how we're dealing with the race issue in America today, you know, and, um, and I think the, 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 I, I really hope that we can come up with a new phrase or phraseology because it just seems like every time the word race comes up, 
you know, there's a certain side that goes rolls their eyes and goes, oh, here we go again. Or here they go again. You know? yes, yes. And then and then there's another and you know, and then there's another group, you know, the side of like, no, wait a minute, let's listen to what is being said. Listen to what's happening. Now put yourself in their shoes. If this was happening to you, are you gonna speak up? Are you gonna be unhappy? <laughs> and that's know? been the, what you just said there, Kurt, that's been the problem many times of it's been the people who have been victimized. They've never had a voice at the table. And that's why the players were, they, they were adamant about they wanted to have a seat at the table. They wanted to be inclusive and, and be a part of the discussion. And the fact of the matter is, and I'm sure, uh, knowing that Michael Jordan was in the fraternity of ownership, Hmm. that Michael Jordan was going to have, he was going to be split, he was going to be torn, but he did, Michael still, I believe, has a part of him that has a great alliance to the players because he's hmm. been, in fact, I think Michael, as I watched him on the sidelines last night, I think Michael still plays every play of the basketball game when he's there. And he, hmm. you know, he still feels like he's a part of that. But, but certainly... You know, well, Kirk, I'd, I'd like to draw a comparison for you, just you know, for a minute. You know, we, we got about three minutes, so please, yeah, say what you because well, I want to share this with the audience. So I want to make sure you get it in. Well, you know, uh, you know, to me, one of the uh, one of my, my my sports heroes, who is a hero for not only because he was one of the greatest boxers of all time, the greatest Ali, but but really he was a hero because of what he did off uh, out of the ring. Uh, when you think about the, how volatile that time was in America and uh, what was going down, and uh, for a man who had it all, arguably, he could have succumbed to the ownership, to his manager, to a variety of things, and just been a good, you know, a good man and minded his own business and been a good athlete, et cetera. And, and, and yet Ali used his platform of sports and used his gift of his tongue and his and in his mind is it and, and 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 at the risk constantly at every turn of losing it all, but he put it out there for the greater good. I mean, man, that was you know again. I was I was I was born in '60, so I was just a young man, you know, during those years. But so I've enjoyed looking back in retrospect at the documentaries or whatever. But what's encouraging today, Ray, is to see the team rallying together for what's wrong yes. and, 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 and supporting for what's right versus an individual. Yes, and I'm so happy, Kirk, that you brought up that name, Muhammad Ali. As a matter of fact, uh, I have a little story here. You know, my birthday was just this past Sunday. I shared that birthday with one of my former teammates, Herman Edwards, and uh, we were playing the Minnesota Vikings one year in the Mall of Americas. Uh, we were traveling uh, in that area and hung out there, I think, for a moment. Uh, but there was an artist, uh, Terry Fogarty, Mm. He had an original painting of Muhammad Ali in the lobby that was for sale. I took the time out to go up to my room, told him I was going to get my checkbook, come back down. When I came back down, my good friend who shares my birthday with me, Herman Edwards, mm. had tried to buy my picture. And I was like, oh, no, Herman, I already told the guy I was going to get my picture. Well, I did. The man took my check. I have that original picture of Muhammad Ali, who's always been my hero. Mm. I changed my Facebook page picture or whatever you call that to Muhammad Ali today because I felt that 
this was, and I'm so glad he's still here to witness mm. that these young athletes are willing to stand up for something and sacrifice money, as 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 I, I believe it was that uh, mm. I think the gentleman said, uh, uh, Mr. Sterling said mm. that uh, you know he gives them money, uh, he gives them houses, uh, he gives them cars. They were willing to sacrifice that for the greater good of society and they are saying to him we are no longer going to facilitate and we are no longer going to be the ones that are out there and and making you richer and you continue to hold people down mm. and 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 that i believe was for muhammad ali i believe today was a great day for him i know i guarantee you he's sitting in front of that tv and he's smiling i agree as, as the great pharrell says i agree he's happy muhammad mm. ali is and, happy and I know today you got, i know you got to roll but but the last time I checked uh, to, to the comments Sterling made that you said is these, these gentlemen earned that money. That's they earned that house. That's they exactly. earned. That's they are the best of the best at what they do. We're not watching a bunch of, I mean, they earned the right to They're be the on best the basketball players. And they entertain us. That's right. We pay them to entertain us. That's exactly right. Best basketball players in the world. And I, for some reason or another, I always hear people say that it's an honor and a privilege for you to play sports. But they don't ever say it's an honor and a privilege for you to be the owner of a team. Mm -hmm. And I guarantee you there are many people out there that own some other businesses that wish they could own an NBA basketball team. Kurt, I thank you so much for joining me, and I wish you and uh, the good friends out there at Howard University the best of luck of all those great things you guys are doing to educate society, young people all over the world, and also uh, older, older folks are going back to school as well. So mm -hmm. thank you so much for joining us, Kirk, and as it always. It's my pleasure, Ray. We're gonna I say, love your show. Go Bucks, man. We'll say that. So hey, all you folks out there that were listening, thank you so much for tuning in. This was another historical moment, at least for me, and certainly for L.A. L.A. is the place again because today it was bigger than ball. You listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix living like it matters. And I'll see you next time, which will be the best time. Thank you for spending this hour with Ray Ellis Sports. We hope that you've enjoyed today's conversation. For more information and to write Ray, visit RayEllisSports.com. That's RayEllisSports.com. Be sure to join us again next Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern, right here on the Voice America Sports Channel.